Hello and welcome to the Board Shorts podcast brought to you by Get On Board Australia, the destination for new and aspiring board members and company directors. This podcast is called Board Shorts because boards and governance can sometimes be a dry topic. So I'm bringing you valuable, easy to digest information on board and company director related topics, concepts and ideas in 30 minutes or less. Whether you're looking to join a board or thrive in the boardroom, this podcast is designed just for you. My name is Lisa Cook and I'm your host. As founder and managing director of Get On Board Australia, I hope to make this podcast and the information I share valuable and useful to new and aspiring company directors and board members like you. Before I get into today's episode, I want to remind you that all of the information within this episode and other episodes of the Board Shorts podcast are general in nature. You should seek advice from appropriately qualified specialists to address your specific circumstance. With that said, today I'm answering a question from a reader listener who reached out in response to my newsletter. And these are my favorite types of questions to answer. And it really gives me a chance to share information that you guys are wanting answered. So I think of it as a win-win situation. And if you have any questions about joining a board or life as a board member, please drop by getonboardaustralia.com.au forward slash podcast and reach out to me directly through the contact form there. Or if you subscribe to my weekly newsletter, you can reply direct to me on that as well. Okay, on to today's question from our reader. Natasha has asked, one of my questions that I haven't found an answer to yet is the financial risk I, and by default my family, might be taking on if I accept a board position. What are the risks with being sued and is it worth taking out insurance to cover that risk? Well, you're right, Natasha, there are significant financial and other risks that come with taking on a board role. And these all need to be considered before you join any board, as everyone has their own unique and specific risk appetite. And if you think about it, some people are a little bit more conservative. Some people are a little bit more risk taking in their behaviours and what type of level of risk they're willing to take on and what they're comfortable doing or not doing. So you need to think about it from your own perspective and only take on as much what you feel risk as you're comfortable with. Never do anything that's beyond your comfort level when it comes to taking on personal risk. Now, when I was thinking about how best to answer this question, there were many angles and tangents that I saw that really come into play when considering specific financial related risks when you join a board. I see two main areas that come to my mind when considering direct financial losses that could come about if something goes wrong during your tenure on a board. The first one is being fines related to breaches of your legal duties. And these are usually quantified within legislation and breaches or contraventions 
are usually specified with a certain number of penalty units and each single penalty unit can represent or it does represent a dollar figure. So for example, this is taken from legislation, the pecuniary penalty applicable to the contravention of a civil penalty provision, and these include your director's duties, by an individual is the greater of 5,000 penalty units or if the court can determine the benefit derived and detriment avoided because of the contravention, that amount multiplied by three. And if I don't want to get too into the weeds here. So if you're interested in knowing specifically what benefit derived and detriment avoided means, I encourage you to refer to section 1311D of the Corporations Act. And that's in Australia, that's our um, federal legislation that governs companies across Australia. So from Wikipedia, under Australian federal law, currently a penalty unit for an individual is $210 as of 1st of July 2017. Now, every three years, don't ask me why, every three years that amount may go up. So it's subject to indexation using the CPI that we have here in Australia. So in our example, if you received a fine and it carried the maximum 5,000 penalty units, you would have to pay over a million dollars. That's a lot. So that's worth keeping in mind that that could be pretty much the, the upper end, the worst case scenario. So that's where we have a specific dollar figure attached to certain breaches and contraventions of a civil penalty provision. So keep in mind that some duties that you have as a board member can also carry criminal penalties, which may end you up in prison. So that's worth keeping in mind as well. But I do want to focus on the financial losses that could come as a result of things going wrong whilst on a board. So secondly, there's financial losses relating to trading whilst insolvent. Uh, Solvency is a big consideration for boards. It's an area of focus. You can get into a lot of trouble. Um, Personally, you can be responsible for the debts that are taken on if you're trading whilst insolvent or whilst you're trading insolvent. So these types of losses are more variable in nature and really relate to the debts incurred during the time that the organization continued to trade whilst it was in an insolvent position. And we know that we're not allowed to do that. So if you were trading whilst you were insolvent, you were trading when you knew that the organization couldn't pay its debts as and when they became payable. This is why it's really important for directors, for board members to stay on top of the financial position, the financial health of an organization. Recently from the Australian Financial Review, um, I found an article earlier in November 2019 that talked about an organization that may have been insolvently trading for probably just over three years and that a claim of insolvent trading could be commenced against the director's 
in the amount of around $15 million. And so, again, quite a significant worst case scenario. How that happened, why that happened, whether um, that's exactly how it worked and whether all the directors will be responsible for that $15 million. Obviously, case by case, things will be worked out. But that's an indication of what can happen if you were trading whilst insolvent and the types of debts that could rack up that you can end up being personally liable for. So there are also two other types of penalties that that you could incur if if things go wrong and you're found that you contravened some duties or breached your duties. And these are, which I found in the legislation, these are refund orders and they relate to fees collected by an organisation that may be ordered by the court to be repaid to those clients. And the other type of penalty are compensation orders, and they really relate to paying losses or damages caused by a contravention of the legislation. Now, obviously, those types of penalties are much harder to quantify because they are based on the circumstances around what's happened and they are circumstance specific. With that said, I want to now move on to just touch briefly on the indirect financial losses that you could face if things go wrong whilst you're on a board. Primarily, I want you to consider the most significant one being your personal brand or reputation. If you're on a board where something goes wrong, or you personally get in trouble for some wrongdoing on a board, chances are your future board prospects will be diminished along with your reputation. And this could lead to a loss in future income from paid board roles, but could also lead to impacting you in your work capacity. Of course, that depends on the circumstances, but that could lead to further financial losses if your employer feels that because of your actions on that particular board, bring your organization that you're employed by into disrepute or in some other way breaches the contract of employment that you have with that organization that may impact you as well. So that's something to keep in mind. And I don't want to scare you or freak you out because these are really worst case scenarios and we don't hear about these types of things happening a lot. They could happen, but we don't really hear of them happening a lot. And really the ones that we do hear about are quite unique, quite specific, quite extensive things that go wrong. So I want to move on now to talk about insurance. Now, generally the organization of the board that you're joining should have something called directors and officers insurance. And usually we refer to this as DNO insurance. And this can provide some protection if or when things go wrong. So always double check the DNO insurance before joining a board. Ask to see the certificate of, of currency and any other information about the extent of the insurance and um, I believe it's called the runoff, which covers could provide some coverage even after you've stepped off the board. So for a certain time period, you still need to keep in mind that if something goes wrong 
whilst you're on the board but doesn't come out for a year or two, that you can still be pursued for that. So keep that in mind and it's worth checking that your insurance could cover costs associated with that as well. Now, it may also be worthwhile for you personally to speak to an insurance broker to discuss whether you should take out your own professional indemnity insurance or other types of insurances that are necessary for your circumstance. So I encourage you to do that if this is a big concern of yours. Now, in episode 14 of the Board Shorts podcast, I spoke with Merlin McCloy about risk and protection for board members. And I recommend listening to that one for a deeper conversation around this topic if you're looking for more information about insurances. So further to insurances, what also comes into play is how you protect your personal assets. So Natasha was worried about her family being impacted if something goes wrong. This is where this really comes into play as well. So your personal assets, the really significant ones being your home and any other substantial investments that you have. And you want to think about how those can be structured to ensure their safety if and when things go really wrong. Um, But again, you do need to speak to an appropriate professional who's licensed to give you that sort of advice and recommend certain changes on uh, regarding your personal asset structure. There's lots of things to consider in regard to that. It's way beyond my pay grade. So I do encourage you to find an appropriate professional who you trust that can give you that advice based on what your goals are and the activities that you do. So around your board service and things like that. So I wanted to finish this conversation by addressing the risk of being sued as Natasha asked about in her email to me. Now, personally, it's not actually something that I spend a lot of time worrying about as a board member. Thinking back over my past 10 years on a board, I can only think of one instance through my whole board career where I was moved enough to seek legal advice about a certain piece of communication that was distributed to shareholders that I was worried made certain promises regarding profit and dividends that may have put us at risk of some legal action if we didn't meet those claims that we were making. It didn't result in any sort of legal action being taken, but you do need to just double check if something's making you that little bit uncomfortable. As I mentioned at the beginning, you always need to honour that feeling. Generally, if you're doing everything you're meant to do as a board member, by not breaching your duties and acting in the best interests of the organization as a whole, you can be really somewhat assured that even if legal action was commenced against the board or against the organization, that you'll be able to successfully resolve it and not face any personal financial loss. Now, obviously that's not guaranteed. Every circumstance is different, but in general, you can probably feel that assurance I really wouldn't recommend approaching your role as a board member with the mindset of avoidance of being sued as a first line of decision making. If you do that, you'll do nothing but tie yourself in knots because unfortunately you can't please all people all the time. And you probably shouldn't because 
You're really there to act in the interest of the organisation as a whole, not for individual stakeholders. And sometimes in balancing everything out, balancing out your decisions that some stakeholders may be uh, quote unquote worse off than others if in an overall way you're always acting in the interests of the organization as a whole that you can ensure the sustained operation of a business that not everyone can be pleased all the time so keep that in mind as well the main action to take from all of this is that you should every time you're joining a board, regardless of what type of board it is, is that you undertake thorough due diligence before you get on that board. All boards carry a risk of you becoming financially liable for breaches of your duties, debts incurred by the organisation whilst trading insolvently, or other losses stemming from legal contraventions. Now, take a good look through the finances And find as much information about the board members you'll be working with as a first step on your due diligence and go deeper from there. Also, a worthwhile place to explore is the risk appetite of the board as a whole. So individual board members come to the board each with their own risk appetite and risk tolerance level. Collectively, as a group, you should all come to an agreement about your collective risk appetite and risk tolerance. And that's definitely a question that I'd be asking. If you're concerned about the behaviours of some of the board members around the decisions that they've made in the past, that if they're getting a bit beyond your risk comfort level, that that needs to be something that you keep in mind as well and probably really reconsider whether you want to be on that particular board at that particular point in time. Again, if you're looking for specific information relating to your circumstances, I do recommend that you reach out to a legal, financial and or insurance specialist to assist you and get you to a point where you're comfortable and confident to take on a board role. That's the most important thing. So you perform well in the boardroom when you get there. Thank you, Natasha, for sending in that question. It certainly helped me to gather my thoughts around this, do a little bit of learning myself and get a comprehensive answer out to you and the rest of the listening audience and hope that it helps you and others on their board journey. You've reached the end of another episode of the Board Shorts podcast. Connect with us at getonboardaustralia.com.au forward slash podcast, where you can leave your requests for future guests and topics to cover. Don't forget to sign up to our newsletter to receive information and resources to help you thrive in the boardroom. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to iTunes or your preferred podcast listening app to subscribe, rate and leave a review. I'd really appreciate it. I look forward to seeing you in the next episode.